Welcome, friends. You are listening to the podcast for First Christian Church in Fort Myers, Florida. To learn more, join us online at fccfm.org. It is a blessing to be able to share God's Word with you today. Thanks for joining us. Luke chapter 24, verses 1 through 8 says, On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And while they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground, but the men said, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee, the son of man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. Good morning. Welcome to First Christian Church, Uh, to all of our friends, to all of our family, to our treasured guests, to all of you watching online and those listening in on Way FM. We are so happy you are here today to celebrate the one who refused to stay dead. That is who Jesus is. Jesus is the one who refused to stay dead, and that's why we follow him. That's what sets him apart from everyone else. That's what makes him greater than everything else. He refused to stay dead. And if you've been here at First Christian very long, then you've, you've heard me say this before. And, and if you stick around, you're gonna hear me say it many times again. I'm with the guy who conquered death. Like, that's it for me. Whatever he tells me to believe, I'll believe. Whatever he tells me to do, I will do. Whatever he tells me to say, I will say. Wherever he tells me to go, I'll go. I'm with the one who refused to stay dead. And here's what I wanna share with you today. Because of the resurrection of Jesus, you too can refuse to stay dead. That's our big idea for today. Because of the resurrection of Jesus, you too can refuse to stay dead. I can refuse to stay dead. You can refuse to stay dead. We can refuse to stay dead. I wonder, as I I kick things off this morning, how many of you have ever heard of Roy Sullivan? Nobody. Roy Sullivan is a guy who refused to die. And he actually holds the world record for surviving lightning strikes. That's right. It is documented that Roy Sullivan survived multiple lightning strikes. In fact, it happened to him a whopping seven times. And amazingly, he survived every single strike, each of which contained several million volts of electricity. 
The former park ranger from Virginia had his first unfortunate encounter with electrostatic discharge. It was April of 1942. And he was working at the, as a ranger at the Shenandoah National Park in the Blue Ridge Mountains. And he was hit in the right leg by a direct bolt while fleeing a watchtower that had been set ablaze by, you guessed it, another bolt of lightning. And he was left with scorch marks on his legs and, and he lost the nail on his big toe as well. That encounter might be enough to keep some people indoors for the rest of their lives, but unfortunately for Roy, it was the first of many times he'd find himself in such a predicament. Get this, he, he was struck by lightning so many times that his coworkers started calling him the Spark Ranger <laughs> instead of a Park Ranger. The next incident came in July of 1969 when Roy was knocked unconscious and left with a burnt eyebrow and a destroyed wristwatch after being struck while driving his truck. And then in July of 1970, he was struck yet again while in his garden and his left shoulder was seared. And in April of 1972, another lightning strike set his hair on fire while he was in a guardhouse back at work. Believe it or not, his hair was set on fire yet again when he was struck in August of 1973 while again driving his vehicle. His legs were also burned. And if that wasn't enough, poor Roy injured his ankle and burned his hair again when lightning got him on another occasion during a walk in June of 1976. And then finally, Roy's chest and stomach were burned when he was struck by lightning during a fishing trip on a boat in June of 1977. Now, either he is the unluckiest guy on earth or he's simply a guy who refused to die. Now listen, I don't wanna be like Roy Sullivan, but I kinda wanna be like Roy Sullivan. I wanna be the guy who refused to die. And I don't know how that was possible for him, but I do know why that's possible for us. And the answer is found in Ephesians chapter two, verses one through 10. And here's what it says. As for you, the apostle Paul is writing here. As for you, you were, what's that word? Dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But... Because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even while we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, 
created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Now, this is our text for today, and and as we dive into these verses, I want to break it down into three sections, and those three sections are past, present, and future. And just for the sake of full disclosure, I'm getting that past, present, future perspective from our student minister, Justin. I actually heard him, it was about a month ago, he preached a really great sermon on this very text, and I thought, you know what, that's pretty good. He's looking at these verses in terms of past, present, and future, I think, I think I want to steal that for Easter. So that's what we're gonna do today. Ephesians chapter two, verses one through three, speaks about our past. Paul says, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. Now here, the Apostle Paul says, he says, in our past, we were dead in our transgressions and sins. And if anybody understood being dead in transgressions and sins, Paul did. Before Paul became the most effective missionary in history, he was actually a murderer. Now, his atrocities were sanctioned by the state, and so they were legal, but let me tell you something. Just because something is legal doesn't mean it's right. And Paul was in some kind of law enforcement for the Jewish government, and his job was to investigate and arrest Christians, and and sometimes he even had them killed. But when he witnessed Jesus resurrected, he immediately converted to Christianity. I mean, that was it for Paul. He said, I'm with the guy who defeated death. And so so just like we were, Paul was once dead in his transgressions and his sins. And this word transgressions, it's a simple word. It just means to, to fall down, to make a mistake. We were dead, Paul says, because of our sins, the things we knew that were wrong, we did them anyway, but also because of the mistakes and the messes we made, perhaps even inadvertently or unknowingly, we we messed up as we went along. And Paul says, in our past, this was our spiritual state. Number one, we messed up a lot, but number two, we also sinned a lot. And Paul calls this death. Our past state before encountering the resurrected Jesus was death. And there are three kinds of death, three different kinds of death that are mentioned in the Bible. Well, well, there's actually seven kinds of death mentioned in the Bible, but we don't have time for all of them. So I want to share three of them today. And the first kind of death we want to talk about is called spiritual death. And spiritual death is when we are stuck, when we're stuck in our sins and we're stuck in our struggles and we're stuck in our messes and we're stuck in our mistakes and and we're stuck in those things because we are disconnected from God. And Paul is most certainly talking about spiritual death in Ephesians 2. But there's another kind of death and this is the one we're all familiar with and that is physical death. And physical death, of course, is when our body dies and our soul, our spirit, separates from our body. 
And that's when our entire existence transfers from the material world into the spiritual world or or the heavenly realms, as verse six calls it. And then finally, there's eternal death. And eternal death is when we are forever separated from God, which is what the Bible elsewhere teaches will happen to all those who experience physical death and spiritual death at the same time, who experience physical death while disconnected from God, to those who die outside of Christ. And so spiritual death is the past state of those who are in Christ. Physical death is the future but temporary state of every person ever, even Jesus, if only for a few days. And eternal death is the future state of anyone who dies outside of Christ. And oh, by the way, none of these are good states to be in. Spiritual death, no good. Physical death, ain't looking forward to that. Eternal death, I'll do anything I can to avoid it. Nevertheless, all three states of death are ones that we are already in or eventually will be in if we are disconnected from God, if we are outside of Christ. In verse one, Paul says we were dead in our transgressions and sins. In verse two, he says we followed the ways of the world. He also says we followed the ruler of the kingdom of the air, which is a reference to the devil. And then in verse three, he says, we follow the desires of our flesh. And verse three, he also says, we were deserving of wrath. That is the past state of every single person and sadly, the present state of many people. But what is that? Like really, what is that? I'll tell you what it is. That is bad news. And I know it's not something people wanna hear, And I know it's not something our culture wants us to say, but that's what the Apostle Paul says in Ephesians chapter two. Paul says, without Jesus, we are in an undesirable state. Without Jesus, we are in bad shape. Paul says, without Jesus, we will experience every kind of death. Without Jesus, we are destined for destruction. And it all sounds so hopeless and we sound so helpless. And then Paul says, but God... But God, but God, but God, but God. Ephesians 2, verses four through seven tells us what God did to rescue us from death. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. In our past, we were separated from God and we were spiritually dead, but God made us alive with Christ so that we don't have to stay dead. Now, our past state is spiritual death, but our present state is life with Christ. And just please notice the emphasis here and the the spiritual power behind it is that God did it. Like, we didn't do any of it. God did it. God did it all, and God did it all for us. Paul isn't saying, well, you were dead in your sins, and you figured a way out. 
No, you were dead in your sins. But in verse five says, God made you alive with Christ. And Paul says, God saved you by grace. You were, you were dead in your sins. But in verse six, Paul says, God raised you up with Christ and, and God will seat you with Christ in the heavenly realms where he will show you the riches of his grace and his incomparable kindness. And if you wonder why God did any of this, Paul gives us the answer. Paul says, God did this because of his love and his mercy and his grace. Love motivates God to save us from death. And mercy motivates God to forgive us of our sins. And grace motivates God to call us into his family and into his family business. It's all right there in Ephesians chapter two. God didn't do it because we deserved it. Rather, verse three says we were deserving of wrath in our past, but God, because of his great love for us, verse four, mercifully saved us by his grace, verse five. And that's our present state, saved by God's grace from God's wrath. We learned last week that grace is, is when we're given a gift that we haven't earned and mercy is when we're pardoned or we're forgiven from our transgressions and our sins. And so our present state is saved by grace. But there's a future purpose. There's actually two future purposes in all of this. And one is heavenly and the other is earthly. And the heavenly purpose is that God wants as many people as possible to be with him forever in heaven. Verse seven says, in order that in the coming ages he might show us the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us through Jesus Christ. So God saves us for the future purpose of showing us the riches of his grace and the kindness he expresses in Jesus. That is one purpose of salvation for God to be able to fully express his kindness to us forever in heaven. That's verse seven. And then verses eight through 10, Paul says this. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance, which God prepared in the past for us to do. Now, verse eight actually summarizes and reiterates what we've been saying, that we're saved by grace through faith. It's, it's not from ourselves. It's not because we deserve it. It's not because we're, we're smarter than others. It's not because we've earned it. It's not because we're better than anyone else. Salvation is simply a free gift from God. And salvation is a word that we often hear in Christian circles and in theological conversations, and I think we throw it around a lot, but we never really define what it is. Like, what is salvation? Well, the ancient Greek word simply means to rescue or preserve. Salvation means that, that we're rescued from spiritual death and eternal death and preserved for God and preserved for God's blessings in heaven and preserved for God's work on earth, which is our other future purpose, God's work on earth. And God's work on earth is called ministry. And oh, by the way, it's not just 
ministers on staff at churches who do ministry. Ministry is for all of us. It's God's work through all of us. God saves us by grace and God saves us for good works. We are saved by grace, but we're saved for good works, for ministry. Or, or maybe we could, we could say it in the following three ways. Number one, salvation is forgiveness for our past and purpose for our future. That's what salvation is. Salvation is forgiveness for our past and purpose for our future. God takes all those messes and those mistakes, our transgressions, and God also takes our struggles and our sins, and he forgives them all, but he doesn't just do away with them. No, he doesn't. Number two, salvation is purpose for our past and forgiveness for our future. Salvation gives purpose even for our, our, our past mess-ups and our mistakes and our struggles and our sins, not just past, but also present and, and future as well because we're gonna need that too. Salvation transforms all the bad stuff we've ever experienced, are experiencing, or will experience into opportunities for ministry. And so what God is really doing is this, and this is number three. God is using all of our mistakes, past, present, and future. God is using our mistakes to prepare us for future ministry. We are, verse 10 says, we are God's handiwork. Paul says we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance in the past, in our past, for us to do. God has used everything in our lives and everything in our past, even our transgressions and our sins to prepare us for the future, to do his work in the future, to do ministry. And so as many preachers have said before, we will say again, God will turn your mess into a ministry and your trial into a testimony and your failures into future opportunities. Salvation is forgiveness from our past and purpose for our past. And salvation is forgiveness from our future and, and purpose for our future. And if all that sounds kind of poetic, well, it is. In fact, Paul actually calls it poetry. Verse 10 says, we are God's handiwork. Greek word, Poema, from which we get our English word, poem. Church, please don't miss this. We are God's poetry created in Christ Jesus to do good works. How do you turn death into life? The answer is, you don't, but God does. And when you put your faith in Jesus Christ, trusting in Jesus for salvation and, and pledging yourself to him, we do that in baptism, God will raise you up and give you purpose. It was in 1983, 
at the age of 71, Roy Sullivan, AKA the Spark Ranger, who survived seven lightning strikes over 30 years, the man who refused to die died of natural causes, as all of us certainly will one day, unless Jesus returns in our lifetime. We are all going to die. That is a fact of life. Unless Jesus returns, we are all going to die. But here's my challenge to you today. Don't you stay dead. Because of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, you don't have to. Happy Easter. We pray this message has been a blessing to you. If we can pray for you or encourage you in any capacity, please let us know at fccfm.org.